Welcome to WP Coffee Talk with your podcast barista, Michelle Frechette. Special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Century Hosting, Expander Digital, and GoWP. WP Coffee Talk is a proud supporter of Big Orange Heart, whose mission is to support and promote positive well-being and mental health within remote working communities. Please consider a donation to Big Orange Heart to continue to support this great mission. Welcome to the next episode of WP Coffee Talk, where I get to talk to people all over the world in the WordPress space, um, either meeting old friends or making new friends. And today I am talking with Malcolm Peralti, and I don't even know where you're located. Where are you located? Uh, Kingston, Ontario. So just ah. between Ottawa and Toronto, for those that don't know. So you're not too far from me. I'm in Rochester, New York. Nice. Yeah. Just across yeah. the border. Yeah, we probably, maybe, if you've been to WordCamps, we may have even been to the same ones before. Maybe. I haven't really been to any recently, but uh, okay. there's a chance. Yeah, maybe Toronto or Hamilton or something. Um, anyway, it's nice to, nice to meet you finally in person. I know that we um, follow each other on Twitter and that's always fun, but it's always good to have new people on the show and it's nice to meet new people. So welcome. Thanks for being Thank here. you. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. So I am the co-founder of Press Titan and we do kind of like the white glove version of managed WordPress hosting. So um, we typically take on clients that don't want to know what DNS, SSL, CDN, any of those things stand for. They, they really want someone else to take care of that. They don't want to worry about control panels, and mm-hmm. that's the gap that we fill. Awesome, and they probably don't want to have to update their plugins. Or WordPress when the new version comes out or anything like that. Yeah. yeah let us do all that stuff. Yeah, that's, it's always nice when you can have somebody else take care of that for you. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, tell us about your mug. Let's see what mug you chose for today. I have my Rocket Genius mug. Ah, very good. And why did you pick that one? Um, well, one of the reasons is it's nice and big. Uh, the other reason is uh, I have a lot of actually like WordPress company cups and mugs. So uh, almost all of the mugs and cups we now have are probably either IKEA or uh, WordPress company related at this point. So I don't really have many like <laughs> <laughs> options other than WordPress companies and IKEA. Yeah, when you have a show called WP Coffee Talk, people send you mugs all the time. Nice, <laughs> so nice. Most of them are back at the office. And actually, I'm not, I'm not using a mug today, but tell us first, what's in your mug? Uh, mug root beer. So uh, I'm a oh, big cool. root beer drinker, yeah. Uh, Barks is usually my preference, but state of the world, I'll take what I can get. And yeah, uh, yeah so I have mugs in my mug. There you go, mugs in your mug. Well, I have a crystal glass from, uh, it was, I'm no longer married, but it was a wedding gift one of six and it's not tea and it's not ginger ale i'm actually drinking honey bourbon today it is the end of the day and it's been a long couple of weeks uh sheltering in place and i thought maybe i could sip a little bourbon this evening so sure yeah so the show may get more and more fun as we go on <laughs> as long as you, as long as i can understand you that's all i i care about you know i haven't ever heard that i slur when i drink so i guess we're about to find out <laughs> <laughs> So, but you're going to do most of the talking, so it's good. It's good. Um, so tell me, how did you get started in WordPress? Uh, that's a long story. I would say that I'm probably one of the early adopters in Canada. Uh, I started using WordPress at 0.72, um, so over 16 years ago. I uh, At the time, I was a couple years outside of college, and it was a pretty bad time in technology for all those that all those that remember kind of the early tech crashes in the early 2000s 
and uh, I was writing my own piece of PHP content management software. I'd graduated from using, you know, Blogger wasn't good enough anymore. I wanted something better, so I started writing it myself. And uh, one of the things I did after probably spending like 40 or 50 hours doing it was research what else was out there. And, uh, you know, there was movable type and expression engine and all these other different CMS systems, a lot of them that don't really exist anymore. And I ran into WordPress and tried it out and it fit my needs perfectly. And uh, from there, I, you know, I had my personal blog running WordPress, but I really jumped into the community. I was reading all the blogs and trying to understand what was going on in WordPress and, uh, you know, ended up kind of falling into it in a really deep way and like writing about WordPress uh, as my career for a couple of years. That's awesome. Yeah. I was starting out in the industry in the early 2000s as well. I was in my master's program. I was working on an MBA. And at that point, the, the boon had just started with e-commerce. And so we quickly launched, at the, I worked at the school too, we quickly launched an e-commerce program. So you could get your, your MBA with, with a concentration in e-commerce. By the time I graduated a year later, the bottom had already fallen out of the market. <laughs> So it wasn't my only concentration. I also have marketing, but I'm an IT. But anyway, it was it's it's interesting how volatile it was during those early years. For sure. Oh man, it was rough. Yeah, I, I, one of the memories that I have that always sticks in my mind was I was living in Ottawa at the time, which is the uh, capital of the country, and uh, one of the big companies uh, ended up closing down during doing all of this. I was there in my suit with my resume in hand, all eager to try to get a job, and I looked down at this little box that the, the front desk person kind of points at, put your resume here kind of thing. And inside I see like Nortel engineer, 20 years experience and like all these like high end people. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting this entry level job. Like they, they got this on lockdown and just left my resume there and walked out. And I was like, yeah, that I'm never going to hear from them. And I never did. Like I wasn't surprised yeah. at all. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting time for sure. For all mm -hmm. the youngsters just starting out now, they'll never understand how we had to walk that website up, and down the hill both ways in a snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> a resume in paper? What? Who does that? What a waste. You know, remember when it used to be that you had to keep it all on one page? Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. was because of printers. You know, now nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> Too funny. It's true. So you, in the hosting business, you see a whole bunch of websites all the time. Mm -hmm. So you probably are uniquely... Um, position to answer the next question, which is what is something you think that people don't focus enough attention on when building a site that would make it a better site for the end user? Uh, I think thinking about the end user is probably one of the big things there uh, in terms of especially performance. Um, mm -hmm. We, a lot of us get used to this idea that we have these high speed internet connections. Like I have fiber to my apartment. Yes. You know, a gigabit down and up. So when I load web pages, they load up really quickly, no matter how big and heavy they are. Um, I dare people to, there's some settings in uh, Chrome especially and some settings in Firefox as well where you can actually view web pages using different connection speeds and I dare you to switch it to like a 2G connection or like a, you know, an old DSL connection and see how fast your web page loads um, because there's a heck of a lot of people in, in remote areas and that's the experience that they're getting and uh, it really frustrates the heck out of me when it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. It's um, it's not the dial-up we used to experience and be and be patient about. There's no patience for slowness on the internet anymore. You're right, and no. the faster you have doesn't mean it's fast for everybody. That's a really good point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what's something that you wish you had known earlier 
um, in your, I want to say you were one of the early adopters. So it might be a little, it might be, well, it could still be something you learned later on, but what's something that you've learned in your WordPress journey that you wish you'd known a little earlier? Uh, so I have been struggling with anxiety and depression for over 20 years now. And I think one of the things that I still struggle with even today is kind of beating up on myself about the fact that, you know, versatility is my value, right? That is, that is the value that I have. And I think too many people, we try to become specialists in, and be partly because corporations kind of expect that, right? You see a job for a senior database administrator and you go, okay, well, I better learn databases really deeply so that I can be that senior database administrator. And we kind of leave all those other things behind. And I mean, even if you look at something simple, like the different types of JavaScript uh, that now exist in terms of, you know, React and Vue and all these other different things, um, being a generalist is actually more useful for more companies than being a specialist in a lot of ways, especially if you consider the fact that, um, you know, startups make up a huge portion of the economy and they can't afford to, buy, to, to hire a specialist in databases, a specialist in front end, a specialist in back end. Um, but I've always struggled with that because, uh, again, as you go longer and longer in your career and are looking kind of for, you know, that pay commensurate, commensurate with experience, it becomes harder and harder to do that as a generalist. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, but you're right. So many companies uh, bootstrap. And so they are looking for somebody who has uh, more general knowledge than really specific knowledge because they can't afford to pay three positions. But they want you to be able, but then they also <laughs> expect you to be able to be the specialist in all three areas. So... <laughs> So there's a little pressure both ways, I guess. For sure. Yeah. Now, when you think back over all the different WordCamps, meetups, and other, you know, WordPress type events that you've attended, is there a moment or an experience in those that stands out as kind of pivotal or inspirational to you? And <laughs> what was it or who was it? Uh, WordCamp Chicago 2007. So what year are we on? Oh, my goodness. Uh <laughs> Uh, I, I had already been working with WordPress for a couple of years. Um, I had done some uh, podcasting. Uh, I was on like one of the part-time co-hosts for the WordPress podcast with Charles Strickland way back in the day. And uh, I got to go to WordCamp Chicago in 2007. And for someone who was just like super into the software, it was kind of a, a you know, starstruck moment for me as I was walking through seeing all these names and people that I recognize like, Oh my goodness. And sitting next to people and talking about them and not realizing that that's the person, right? <laughs> like you, you finally are putting faces with, with all these names and aliases online. Um, but the moment that really sticks out was, uh, I got to meet the rocket genius team. Um, Carl was there with his team and they were kind of showing demoing, um, an early version of gravity forms to people before it was released. And he, knew that I'd been, you know, podcasting about WordPress, writing about WordPress, all this stuff, and that I was very impressed with the little bit of stuff that they'd had released. And so he gave me a real, like, detailed run through him and Kevin. And, uh, you know, I was just blown away. I was like, you guys don't even realize how many things I could do with this. It's not just for contact forms. And like, yeah, we know it's not just for contact forms. Like, why would we be building it if it was just for contact <laughs> forms? But it was such a pivotal moment for me because, um, you know, they were seeking out you know, my insight, my thoughts on what they were doing. And, you know, here's this company that's multi-million dollar company now. Um, and I got to kind of be part of the early part of that story. And um, it, it's, it's really cool. And I'm really glad I did that. It does sound pretty exciting. I remember meeting certain people here and there throughout different WordCamps and things that I've 
I've taught where I've been and after they walk away and you're like, who was that? And somebody tells you who you were just talking to and you're like, Oh my gosh, I would have completely acted differently, which maybe it's a good thing that you're not like starstruck in the moment. Right. But yeah, yeah. that's pretty exciting. My, yeah, my first, you got, I was going to say, I don't think I've ever been able to like in person say more than two sentences to Matt Mullenweg. Right. <laughs> like, you just kind of get this thing where it's uh, a very much kind of like with uh, Elon Musk or um, Steve Jobs, where there's just kind of those little like stars, right? Even though I've been very critical about WordPress at points in my career, it's still very hard to be other other than starstruck around certain people. But he sat down with me at lunch like one day at the uh, <laughs> WordCamp US and nobody else at the table knew who he was, but he like pointed to the empty seat. He's like, made eye contact with me. Can I sit there? And I was like, holy cow, that Mullenweg's about to have lunch with me. And I, I kept it cool, but inside I was like, oh, fangirl like crazy, right? So I completely understand. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So here I was introducing everybody at the table and they were all like, and, and what do you do? And I'm like, <laughs> he'll tell you in a minute and you'll be like, oh, never mind. Right. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So tell us a little bit about your, your business and, you know, how you acquire clients or what you're most proud of. Give us the rundown. Sure. Yeah. So uh, a little over two and a half years ago, a long-term contact of mine, David Krug reached out and basically said, look, my wife's having a baby. I have this client work that I'm doing. I need someone to do that while I'm gone. Are you interested? And I said, well, yes and no. I mean, if we're going to make a business out of this and we're going to carry on beyond kind of uh, the time that you're away for taking care of your new daughter, I'm in, let's, let's do it. Right. And so he gave me the keys to, you know, his, his clients and we grew it into a business and, uh, you know, now we're, we're, you know, managing the needs of over hundred different websites. Um, some, some smaller ones, a lot of e-commerce kind of, uh, a lot of like cost per action advertising sites, some high traffic sites. Um, and yeah, we just, we, deal with everything that comes up, every little thing. Uh, they email us sometimes, you know, how do I resize this image and stuff like that. Like I, I love solving problems like this, this, mm -hmm. the variety that I get in doing what I do is what really keeps me excited and motivated. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my site, Coffee Talk is in managed WordPress hosting and it's the first time I've ever experienced managed hosting. And I fell in love immediately because I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I don't have to update my plugins. I don't have to update my themes. You know, I log in and, and, and like one day I say, oh, there's two plugin updates. Well, I'm, I'm not going to push the buttons because they know what they're doing on staging and everything. The next day I log in, it's like, look at that. It's all taken care of. <laughs> yeah. And I love that feeling too when customers come back and they're like, you know, they will, they'll discuss things that they were going to do and will have already taken care of it preemptively. Um, you know, we're always doing kind of analyses on like the performance of the site. Uh, you know, we really focus on keeping kind of under that three second per page load mark. Um, so they're uploading images that are like 20 megabytes and we notice right away and we fix that, right? Because they're just uploading things from their, their smartphones or their digital SLRs and mm -hmm. not thinking about image compression or things like that. No, why would they? So, yeah. Well, I think people think that their smartphones don't take big images. But right. your smartphone takes one of the biggest images that's out there. You're like 5,000 pixels wide. Yeah, I know. You like don't need the, that on a website. <laughs> the new uh, like Samsung S20 Ultra or whatever takes like a 108 megapixel image. And like you can't even buy most like digital SLRs or professional cameras don't even take it that resolution. So yeah. I can only imagine what that's going to be like. <laughs> As everybody starts uploading that to um, every website 
no on demand. I wonder how Facebook actually Facebook probably just automatically they do smushes yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Which they even have like a pixelated. maximum. I think they even have a maximum size too, right? So if you uploaded something huge, they would do like a uh, like a 4K crop version of it, kind of thing. Okay. I see. I've never tried to upload anything that big, but now I'm gonna have to try just yeah. to see what happens. Yeah. That's awesome. What do you find is your biggest challenge with working with the general public and helping them with their websites? Um, I mean, at first we thought the issue was going to be um, timing, right? We started out as a very small team with just the two of us, uh, but my co-founder lives in the Philippines and I live in Canada. So we have an exact 12 hour split, which seems to work very good for handing things over. Um, the thing that has been a big struggle really is you know, this is a very saturated market in a very popular WordPress time. I mean, if, if I've been watching like companies like GoDaddy basically buy up every WordPress plugin or business they can afford to do so, right? Mm -hmm. um, because they know that there's money and value in it. And so finding, you know, points of uniqueness uh, in what we do and telling our story to a wider audience has definitely been mm -hmm. probably the biggest struggle of, of running a business in the WordPress space. I would, as a customer, I would think that knowing that I'm going to get somebody reliable and not just the next person who happens to answer a phone would be comforting to me. Um, yeah. In, and so, in, we, you know, for, in your business, we've really tried to kind of put our faces first in our business because that's really what people are getting. They're not buying hours of our time. They're buying that comfort knowing mm -hmm. that they have experts with over 30 years of combined experience just doing mm -hmm. this day in and day out for them. Absolutely. Uh, what do you find? How do you find is the easiest way for you to acquire new clients? Uh, that's been a struggle. We've been kind of fortunate, right? We started out with a big client and almost everything else has come from referrals from that big client or referrals from those referrals. Um, we're only getting to the point lately where we're needing to kind of figure out that next step of how do we, now that we've done this chain of referrals, how do we then grow beyond that? Um, a lot of it has really just been giving time and value. It's kind of that old fashioned business model, right? I, I spend a lot of time you know, doing live streams, recording WordPress related videos, um, and just trying to share whatever knowledge I can in hopes that, you know, I'll be top of mind when that person maybe, you know, is talking to someone and they say, yeah, you know, my WordPress site is running really slow and they go, oh, I saw this guy online. And then, you know, maybe we'll get something that way. That's my hope. If nothing else, yeah. I enjoy, like I said, solving problems, answering questions. That's always a good thing. It's always a good thing. And um, how do you find, like, are you on a 12-hour schedule or are you working an eight hours and then on call the rest? Uh, schedule? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> You're an entrepreneur. There is no schedule. <laughs> no, I mean, we, we really, both of us just kind of make ourselves available. I mean, we have our smartphones let us know when something's up. I mean, I even have, okay. you know, my Fitbit will buzz if something's up, right? Like, I have all these ways to stay connected to my work. And... Mm -hmm. Uh, I try to focus my work on whenever I feel most productive. And then when I'm not feeling my most productive, I'm spending time learning something new, spending time with my wife or my dog, um, and just trying to maintain as much balance as possible, even though I don't have kind of those set business hours. Yeah, no, that's really good then. Uh, Work-life balance is important. And when you have your own business, it can eat away at that balance very quickly. So it's nice to hear that you found a way to make that work for you. Very cool. Let me ask you my, my uh, rapid fire questions. Okay. Uh, I ask them rapidly. Take as much time as you'd like to answer them. <laughs> <laughs> what are two or three must-have plugins that you would recommend to someone who's building their own website? Uh, 
all of the ones I'm going to mention are paid. So if you don't want to spend money on your WordPress website, I understand. But I mean, these, these are some of the best of the best, in my opinion. Um, it's I've an investment. Much... You have to invest. Yeah, it's super important. Uh, Gravity Forms, again, it's not just a contact form plugin. They, they have a, such a great team. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I used to work with them. They, the plugin is so adaptable. Any type of information that you want to collect from a user, it's super helpful. Uh, another one I'd recommend is Elementor. If you're not a designer or a programmer, um, Elementor, especially their pro level, is super slick at being able to kind of put things together. I know a bunch of people cringe at page builders. Oh, page builders are evil. Um, I would say that out of the ones that exist, Elementor is probably the nicest in terms of what happens if you turn it off. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I love Divi and, and Elegant Themes and what they're doing there, but if you turn off a Divi website, if you change themes, and look at what you end up with, uh, you cry. Uh, and yeah. it's very hard to kind of switch, right? You almost have to start over again. Um, where Elementor, you're left with some extra code, but for the most part, it looks all right. Um, and WP Rocket, uh, it's, if you don't wanna spend you know, the time trying to figure out how to optimize your website, if you don't wanna spend the money on hiring someone to manage optimizing your website, WP Rocket for like, I think it's like 100 US dollars, it's, it's slick, it's easy to use, it's pretty much like idiot proof, and it'll speed up your site for sure. Pretty much a worthwhile investment then, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Gravity Forms was the first plugin I ever purchased. Nice. Probably like seven years ago, I wanna say, eight years ago maybe. It was the, it was, I mean, I purchased themes and I purchased everything. It was the first one I invested money in, and I've never stopped paying for it because I found that it's really worthwhile. The conditional logic alone and how easy it is to use the conditional <laughs> logic made me happy. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Did you have a mentor at any point in your WordPress journey, whether it was official or not? And who was it? So the first person that comes to mind for me would be uh, Dana Richmond. She was my senior team lead at 10UP. Uh, she's still working at 10UP in that role. And she made a huge impact on my life. I don't even think that she really knows how much. Uh, and, and, you know, I can't thank her enough for that. She really helped me kind of hone those project management skills and understand what a good leader of a team is supposed to look like and supposed to do and how to really be kind of clear and um, easy to understand in your communication with your team and what your expectations are. Uh, I, I would not have the career I have now if it wasn't for her insight. That's really nice to hear. It's, um, it's not always easy to say, well, there was a specific person, but when you know 100% that's the person that has really guided you, it's nice to be able to point to them and, uh, and say thank you. So it's nice to give her a shout out. Other than Dana, who is somebody in the WordPress community that you admire and why? Uh, Jeff Chandler um, comes to mind. Uh, you know, he's, he's making the switch to WP Mainline after all of his years working on um, his previous sites, more than one. Uh, he's been in the WordPress community forever. He is non-technical. He's not a designer. He's, you know, he's not a project manager. He's not any of the normal roles that you would kind of assume that could make a living from a WordPress focus. He's been able mm -hmm. to do that and sustain that for so very long. And I'm, I'm always in awe of that and impressed with that. And his, his ability to be humble about all of that and not realize the, the value that he brings to the WordPress community is one of those things that always makes me facepalm and want to punch him, but um, he's just such a good guy and, and he deserves yeah. a, lot, a, lot, a lot of love. 
I've been following that new site. It's uh, pretty slick, all the stuff that they're sharing. And yeah, he's definitely, and he knows how to build a team too of people around him to help him do the writing and the whatever and, and just build that knowledge base. It's pretty cool. Yeah. What's something that you still want to learn in WordPress, but maybe you haven't quite tackled yet? Um, I mean, you probably get this one a lot. And I would say it's probably the, the basics of Gutenberg. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it was really a huge change in WordPress for me. I am not a programmer by any stretch of the imagination. I would never claim to be. I'm a tinkerer. I can take code that other people have written and figure it out and refactor it to do kind of what I want it to do. Um, you know, I can spend some time in the functions.php file of a theme and make it do some neat things. Um, but when it comes to creating my own custom block, I currently lean on advanced custom fields and I'd love mm -hmm. to be able to get away from that. But JavaScript has always been my kryptonite. So I'm, I'm really struggling on that aspect and I've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off because I know I should learn it and understand it because it'd be helpful for my customers and it'd be helpful for myself. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's difficult. So that's different than my usual Gutenberg answer, which is I still haven't used it and I don't oh. even know how to build with it. So um, I will say that I was a slow adopter. I mean, not by most industry standards. It probably took me three or four months to finally say, I'm going to figure this out. Um, but once I, <laughs> if you, if you uh, plan a WordCamp at all, you pretty much learn Gutenberg pretty fast, at least okay. using it, you know, right. because that's what the camp sites are built in. So um, I'm, I'm, I love it now. I use it for a lot of things. But. Yeah. And I would say out of the box, it's not where it needs to be yet. It's not a full like page builder replacement by any stretch. And mm -hmm. I don't know that that's, that's really where they're going, but um, you know, even myself as an old guard, right. I, at first when Gutenberg came out, it was like classic forever. <laughs> I'm never going to switch. And then you start hearing Matt say, oh, we're only going to support this for like two years, this, this classic editor plugin. And I was like, okay, well, I better at least try it out. And at first it was horrid, right? The, the publishing yeah. experience when Gutenberg first came out, you would type like a paragraph and watch it type it out afterwards, right? <laughs> and I'm not even necessarily a very fast typer, but it was just right. it was bad. Yeah. Um, but today, uh, especially with the third-party support that we receive in terms of the additional blocks that people have come up with, mm -hmm. it's a game changer. It, it really speeds up publishing if you don't have um, something like Elementor or Divi or Beaver Builder, um, yeah. you can still lay out really nice pieces of content really quickly and have almost like a magazine quality website without understanding any HTML at all. Exactly. I'll tell you, I, when I build a new site, which I don't do as often anymore because it's not my full-time job, right? I'm not a, a freelancer anymore. But when I was, um, everything was always in Divi. I was a Divi fan from, it was the first one I used. Once you use it, you just kind of stay with it, right? Yeah. But when I started learning Gutenberg, I'll still build the pages with a page builder, but the, um, the posts are, I do every post now in, uh, in Gutenberg. It's just easy and it works yeah. really well. So even for like, I, I still do some marketing clients on the side and I'm building their posts in Gutenberg too, because it's just, you're right. It's, it's not difficult to use and you can make it look fairly, fairly decent. Um, but again, I'm not a developer either, so I'm not building blocks at all. But I work for a plugin company, and I will say if your plugin hasn't adopted or made their own blocks for the plugin, you're probably behind the seat, behind the times now, because you really need to get up to speed with that. For sure. Um, what is, I lost track of my questions. Oh, what is one of the biggest mistakes you've ever made in WordPress, and what did you learn from it? Uh, well, there's, there's been many missteps. Uh, you're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, so early on in my career, 
I was fortunate enough uh, that I got hired by Blogging Network to write about WordPress. And the site that was purchased was Blogging Pro. And Blogging Pro, for those of you that don't know, was um, a site that was actually in the WordPress newsfeed back in the day. And after it was purchased, Matt kind of said, well, maybe we'll keep it in the newsfeed. It depends on how the new owner does with it. And uh, it wasn't long after that that it was removed from the newsfeed. And I always kind of look at myself as like, how could you let that happen? Uh, at the time, I was just focused, so focused on what I wanted to do with the site and what I wanted to present to the community and, and um, how I wanted to, all these things, right? I, I, I. And I didn't really think about what the community need, needed or wanted or what was most valuable to them or even really what was most valuable to Blogging Network who had you know, spent all this money to purchase this site. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I really feel like I you know, lost an opportunity for them to capitalize on that um, because I was just so focused on myself at the time. I can understand that. That's different than the answer that I got from, um, from uh, now, let's see, now it's the whiskey talking. Um, <laughs> anyway, I had somebody on the show who took down 23,000 websites in a one fell swoop. Ooh. Yeah, so Chris Wegman, Chris Wegman. It was the one. And so, um, yeah, your answer is a little bit easier to stomach, <laughs> <laughs> which is always good. But the flip side to that question is what is your proudest WordPress moment? So when I was working for 10up, I was the project manager for StoryCorps and they're a nonprofit in the States and you'll hear them on, you know, uh, NPR or like the, the different kind of news agencies will talk about the things that they're doing a couple years back they decided to do this great Thanksgiving listen where they were asking kids across the country to go and interview their parents and grandparents about their lives and the things that they were thankful for. 10up was the company hosting that website. And what we didn't realize was Google until a few days beforehand was Google was actually going to link to the website on their homepage. Now, wow. anyone that's gone to Google's homepage realizes there's not very many things linked from there. <laughs> so to have this site linked from Google's homepage and the site not go down, um, to me, that was my proudest moment. I was gonna say, they don't give you a heads up to say, hey, make sure you can handle the traffic. They did, but it was only oh, okay, like, it was like three days or something like that. And you're talking about like <laughs> a, non a time. <laughs> you're talking about a nonprofit budget as well, right? So they right. had no money to really make this happen. So I'm going to the executive team at 10 up like, help. And they're like, look, this is, this is just, it's an important investment. Let's do this, right? Let's make this yeah. work for them. And we did, and it did, and I'm so happy, you know, that it, it really, really worked cool. out. Yeah. That's really cool. That, that also shows that you know you're hosting stuff, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky job. to work with some smart people and learn from them. That's awesome. We've had some 10-up people on the show before, too, so that's pretty cool. Good group. Good people. Yeah. If you weren't working in web or web technology, uh, what's another career that you might like to try? Uh, I would love to be teaching technology at a local community college. I, I mm -hmm. really enjoy sharing what I've learned and I enjoy um, teaching. I, you know, I think that'd be really fun. I haven't really had the opportunity yet. I haven't really spent the time to make that opportunity. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's something that I've always wanted to do. I mean, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a dentist until I realized how much schooling that required uh, and my natural affinity with technology. Uh, so stepping away from technology completely would be very difficult for me. Um, mm -hmm. but teaching, teaching would be the one. Teaching is fun. It is fun. I've done a little bit in my past and I always enjoyed it. Not kids. I'm not good with kids. No. <laughs> 
but adults I can handle. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> and they're easier to quiet down to most of the time. <laughs> it's the frenetic energy of children that makes me go, what? I only had one child myself and that may be why. <laughs> What's something on your bucket list? Um, I mean, everything that comes to mind is travel. I just, I want to see more of the world. I've been very fortunate to see, you know, a fair bit of North America. I got to go to the Philippines to meet up with um, my co-founder last year, but uh, I really want to go to Ireland, you know, something about that place, you know, even, even if I'm stuck in, in the cities and not seeing, you know, the rolling hills and all that stuff, you know, I just, I really want to go there. Every movie, every movie I've ever seen with Ireland and it makes me want to go to Ireland. Absolutely. Except the ones that are like blowing up the cities and things like that. Like <laughs> Jackie Chan, the last Ireland movie I saw was Jackie Chan. So that one aside, the rest of them like make it look pretty awesome for sure. Um, I'd love to travel too. Um, but my biggest desire is to give a Ted talk. So stand oh, by. Maybe that'll happen. You never know. It could happen. Yeah, it could. For sure. Uh, I, I've know a couple of people who've been able to do like TEDx talks at like mm -hmm. Queens university here in Kingston and, um, I think one of them actually got invited to actually do a, a like normal TED talk. So not just yeah. TEDx. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd settle for, I'd settle for TEDx, but they're not good <laughs> about advertising. That's the hard part. They're not yeah. good about advertising. Next thing you know, it's like, Hey, come to TEDx. I'm like, when, did I, when was I supposed to apply? But yeah, those are pretty cool. And I, I love, that's one of my bookmarked. Um, I've got several, um, talks bookmarked on my computer too, that I really love. So if you yeah. ever have an opportunity go to the ted.com TED and look for, um, I forgot his name, the guy who does that Don't Worry, Be Happy song. Him. <laughs> okay. Good talk. He, he plays the audience like a piano. It's amazing. I promise you. Anyway, let's see. The next question is my, one of my favorites. Show us or tell us about one of your hidden talents that the WordPress community might not know about you. Uh Geez, I don't really cultivate talents. Uh, I, I collect hobbies. Um, okay, well, tell us about one of those then. <laughs> so, I mean, right now I'm 3D printing personal protective equipment pieces for mm. the local um, medical units here in Kingston. That's wonderful. Um, yeah, so that's been really fun. The Queen's University medical students are organizing it, making sure that they all get sanitized and built right. And mm -hmm. um, I'm part of a group of 82 3D printers pumping out all this stuff for just in case, mm -hmm. uh, you know, some of it's already being used at small, some of the smaller medical centers, but a lot of it's being held in reserve just in case. Mm -hmm. And so that's really fun. Um, my wife and I, a couple years back, co-authored a fiction book together called oh, Second cool. Class Supers. Um, yeah. So I, I love fiction writing. It's, what it's, was that about? So it's kind of a commentary on, um, you know, the different statuses or the different classes of people. And so the idea of the book is that, in this, in this modern universe or modern time, um, you can spend money to buy superpowers and that creates this new class of elite, right? The people like the rich, the celebrities all have superpowers, right? And what does that mean in terms of how society divides things up and deals with things? That's really cool. You are the second guest out of over a hundred guests to have writing a novel is one of the things they mentioned. Hmm. The other novel is written in Danish, so I will probably never get to read it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's translated. <laughs> so you and Marika van der Ock have that in common. So there you go. Nice. Um, the last question I have is how do we find you online? What's your website and social media channels? And how do we how do we get in touch with you? 
Sure. So PressTitan.com, of course. Uh, my email address there is Malcolm at PressTitan.com. So you can email me directly. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at FindPurpose. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm always trying to do. And uh, my personal website is MyLastName.com. So Peralti.com. So every once in a while, I, I write things on there. Uh, my focus this year is writing about uh, monthly health challenges that my wife and I are doing. So we just finished one where we tracked our mood five times a day throughout the day on a score of zero to 10. And this month we're trying to do 200,000 steps in the month and we just continue to try to change it up and learn more about how to be healthier people. That's very cool. I applaud that very much. All of what you've just mentioned will be in the show notes. So if anybody's trying to memorize what you just name. said, that's right. <laughs> they can just go to WPCoffeeTalk.com and look up your episode and all of that information will be there. Perfect. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us today before we sign off? Um, sure. I mean, the, the one last thing I went my mentioning is uh, my uncle had been bothering me ever since the whole Corona COVID thing started to build him a website. He really wanted one called capelessheroes.ca. And the idea behind the website is to share positive corporate or, or company actions that are happening right now. Um, so any companies that are doing good in the world, uh, we're trying to list what they're doing there so that people can kind of have some extra positivity in their lives. So if anyone knows of anything, it'd mean a lot to me and it'd be a, mean a lot to my uncle if you could uh, go there and post them. And it doesn't have to be a Canadian company, is that right? It does not. Nope. Very good. Well, we'll definitely put that on the show notes as well. So capelessheroes.ca. That's awesome. I can't thank you enough for being on the show today, taking some time to meet with me and share with our listeners. Um, thank you so much for being part of it. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's been my pleasure. All right. We'll see everybody on the next episode of WP Coffee Talk.